0: Welcome to the Counselors of Real Estate's Top 10 and 10 podcast series. In these 10-minute episodes, we'll discuss one of the prevailing 2021 top 10 issues affecting real estate. I'm your host, Jonathan Shine, C- CRE, CEO and Executive Director of the Real Estate Limited Partner Institute in New York. Counselors of Real Estate are trusted advisors finding solutions to complex real estate challenges. Experienced, innovative, and credentialed problem solvers Counselors practice in 20 countries and offer expertise in more than 50 real estate disciplines across all asset types and classes. Each has earned the prestigious CRE designation. Our guest for this episode is Casey Conway, CRE, principal and co-founder of Red Shoe Economics in Lilburn, Georgia. Casey authored the narrative supporting the number four issue of this year's compilation of the top 10 issues affecting real estate, Supply Logistics. To review all of the issues in this year's report, visit CRE.org slash top 10. Welcome KC. Thanks, Jonathan, glad to be with you guys. Great, so the first question we have for you, and it's obviously been in the news a lot, the shipping industry is essentially in a crisis mode as backlogs persist at ports in the US and around the world. How is the supply chain disruption affecting real estate in the obvious and not so obvious ways?
1: Yeah, it uh, seems like what we hear, you know, the top of every uh, evening news broadcast. So the first thing I want to make sure that we get across is it really is not a problem, you know, with uh, our ports not functioning, our railroads not functioning. They're functioning at record levels. Um, what happened is really going into COVID, we were We were really um, transitioning from a shop and take home economy. I'm almost 60. I'd go to the mall, buy stuff and bring it home (laughs) to an order online and deliver to me whenever the heck I want it. That's my millennial daughters from 21 to 27. And uh, and so uh, what COVID did is it just accelerated all of that. And it even taught... Grandma and Grandpa had to do online because they had to. They couldn't go to the grocery store. They were going to get COVID or things were closed. So we really were compressed and forced to have to deal with this. So the problem that we're having, and it really was revealed a little bit before COVID, whether you're a fan of Donald Trump or not, what he did through the tariffs uh, in 2018 and 2019 was it revealed how fragile our supply chain was and how much stuff that we depend upon is manufactured in places of the world that are not in the United States and maybe aren't so friendly to us. And so we really had a year to try to get ready kind of for that. And then COVID hit and just put it you know, to an exponent or put it on steroids. And so what we're struggling with now, think about your your house. And the local city saying, no longer can you have a water spigot at your house. you got to go hook up to the fire hydrant at the end of the street. You know, <laughs> this little garden hose, and you're trying to hook it up to this, uh, you know, this big fire hydrant, and the pressure and the water flow it just isn't there to handle it and, and, and distribute it. And that's kind of what we're seeing, you know, off the coast of L.A. and Long Beach right now. I think the last time I checked the, over the weekend, it was 66 fully loaded container vessels off the coast of L.A., Long Beach, all dragging their anchors along the bottom, you know, pulling up oil pipelines and everything else. Um, so it's it's quite a cluster. And if you think about that, if you've ever had, you know, your water disrupted to your house or whatnot, you know, the pipes they spurt and air bubbles come out as you try to get things flowing back through the pipeline. And and that's our challenge. And the rest of the world needs the same stuff, and they're going to supply themselves first before they do before they do us. So. But it really is in our ports or our railroads are working at record levels. Give you a highlight. And I n- normally don't you know, brag and boast on ports of L.A. and Long Beach because I'm on the East Coast. So we brag about our ports Aww. over here. But uh, the ports of L.A. and Long Beach uh, over the summer, they and I think it was July, they handled a record one million containers being unloaded and processed inland uh, in one month. That had never been achieved anywhere in North America. So uh, they're working six days a week. It's not. You know, unions not working or demanding more. Um, Our ports and our port directors are doing a very good job. We just can't get all that water into the uh, into the fire hydrant that we have.
0: What exactly is Is it? Is it is it a is it a manufacturing issue or is it really just a logistics issue?
1: No, it really is. To think about that pipeline, it's getting the water in the spigot. So where have it been manufactured. So China's had disruptions. They've had shutdowns. They've had their ports. Uh, go down uh, things like chips, um, you know, and not the laced potato chips kind, the ones that we really need to run <laughs> electronics. Like refineries for gasoline, we haven't built a lot of these chip plants and definitely not in the United States. In fact, we only manufacture maybe somewhere between 15 and 20% of all the chips that we need in the US here. Ford had a big chip plant burned down uh, you know, in the, in the past year and have had to replace it. So 80% of all of our chips come from somewhere else in the world to go into our cars and manufacturing. And the cars get a lot of headlines and, and they should, Believe it or not, we have 1,400 chips in an average car. Um, so that's a lot of wow. chips. And yep. now we're adding in EVs and autonomous vehicles and double that number. But it's not just cars. Think about appliances. So we did a home renovation during COVID. And so we had to get new appliances. And so I was reading the manual on our new rain stove microwave you know, contraption. And um, I found out it had 80 chips in it. So it could sync to my phone and every everything else. Even lamps, which you want to be able to turn the lights on. And obviously those commercials, grandma and grandpa are somewhere. And they can say, well, let's turn the lights on tonight or whatever. That all has about eight chips in a lamp. So we've put chips in more things than we ever envisioned. We didn't build new plants. The ones where the capacity is, they're in places of the world that maybe don't necessarily like us or they want to supply their stuff. So it really is, how do we get all this stuff into the pipeline? The thing that confuses me, though, I'll be honest with, is in 2019, we had an economy working on all cylinders. It was full Uh go. We didn't have shortages of chlorine. We didn't have shortages of toilet paper. What in the world happened? Was it that we all hoarded it or uh, that we didn't have the truck drivers or the labor? Um, I don't think we fully understand all of the broken linkages in our supply chain yet.
0: That's kind of a follow-up to the question I was going to ask, but thank you for that. And one last part about just disruption in the supply chain. We, we also know what happened in the Suez Canal earlier this year. Did that is that a warning sign that we're just getting a little too big and we're trying to move things too fast, or was that a one-off?
1: No, it's not. And, you know, some of those stories might not have made the headlines um, two, three years ago as much as they did. So here's the two big stories. So we all focus on the Panama Canal and we expanded that and that's bringing big 12000 container vessels in. We need 24000 now. That's what's moving between China Uh and Europe. That's why they're getting resupplied. And so as we make these boats bigger and bigger to handle more and more containers, uh actually the uh, Suez Canal now has outgrown the Panama Canal and handles more container traffic and so that may explain why maybe you know China and Europe are able to function a little bit better they're moving 20 to 24,000 container vessels coming into our ports we can have vessels that can carry 20 or 24,000 but we don't have the depth and the in the berth and the uh, gantry cranes to unload them we can go up to you know 12 to 15,000 and so we're you know we thought we'd Prepared our infrastructure with the Panama Canal expansion, and we find out it's not even half of what we need today. So it's a um, it's a it's a big issue, and it's not just you know uh, it, it really is everything in our in our life. That's what's fueling the inflation. But on, on commercial real estate, we all got the headlines about lumber shortages and it affecting housing, and you know then we got the new NAFTA two uh, agreement, the M- um, USMCA that really got lumber moving back from Canada and all of that type of flow. But it's much broader than that in our commercial real estate. Think about hotels. Most of the packages for their bathrooms and whatnot come from there. Most of our furniture still comes, everything from Wayfair and whatnot. Home Depot, a lot of its things are made in in Asia and they move into our ports. So in commercial real estate, really the average component that's going in is up about 12%. So I look to a, a resource called ENR, Engineering News Record. And they're showing that the the numbers on construction affecting us in real estate are up 12%. So, Fed, forget your uh, four or 5% number, it's uh, more than double that for us in real estate. Unbelievable.
0: Now, you've also said not all last mile logistics models are created equal. While invoking the term golden triangle, what do you mean?
1: (laughs) Yeah, you know, I conspired with McDonald's. They have arches, I have triangles. (laughs) So I, I studied this for over a decade and kind of figured out some time ago that um, if you took the Great Lakes, which are really America's fourth coast, about 30% of our GDP, come down to Texas, and then you come back over to Florida and capture the Southeast and Mid-Atlantic, that we have about over half our GDP is produced there. 80% of all manufacturing is in that triangle region. 80% of all the new Amazon, FedEx, logistics, Walmart supply chain is in that region because you can get to places because most of our logistics infrastructure our class 1 railroads connecting to gulf coast ports east coast ports are all easily done no. out of that out of what? that out of that last mile triangle sorry about that there's always no. working from home that's the beagle you know, no from home has <laughs> its own merits and its own <laughs> its own demerits Yeah. So it's uh, it's really an area that I call it golden because that's where everything is kind of happening and accelerating. It's where the logistics is establishing. If you look at a map of Amazon's home improvement, I mean, it's it's supply chain in Walmart stores. uh, You know, Walmart's the number one private employer in 21 states. They're all in that golden triangle. So when you when you go outside of that golden triangle region, you don't see much logistics,
0: supply chain, manufacturing or GDP production. Wow, that's a lot to digest in just a few (laughs) few minutes or 10 minutes, as it were. Well, thank you, KC. Obviously, the supply chain is at the epicenter of what makes our economy function, and commercial real estate is in the field where it all plays out, whether it's logistics, industrial, roads. All of the 2021-22 top 10 issues are highly interconnected and indicative of changing and evolving real estate landscape. We're grateful for your knowledge and contributions to this year's report. Join us next time for another discussion of the top 10 issues affecting real estate. I'm Jonathan Shine on behalf of the counselors of real estate. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the top 10 and 10.